Jai Jai Sitchitan Jai Anichananda Jai Adrita Chanjaya Gaura Bhakta Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Today I um, I didn't choose any particular topic um, for a change. Um, I've had a very focused weekend, and then today is uh, the day after Hiroshima. So it's one of those days where um, I. Uh, I feel like going with the flow and wherever the flow will take us. Uh, Still, you have to enter the flow somewhere. So we'll go and enter the flow. Uh, Let's see. I'll start reading from different books since I brought so many books to my room. And I'll read a bit from uh, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, the, uh, the book of, uh, of Professor Nisikant Sanyal, also known as Sri Narayandas Bhakti Sudhakar. Um, the book comes in uh, in two parts, and uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, he uh, was very pleased with the book and authorized it, and and Prabhupada treated it like that. Uh, when some devotees wanted to uh, to uh, publish something in the uh, in the early days in the Back to Godhead magazine, Prabhupada highly endorsed and said, "Oh yes, yes, this is very." Bonafide and uh, my Guru Maharaj authorized this book. Yes, yes, we can publish from this book. So uh, we can read some from something. Um, One day, Balaramacharya, by his humble supplications, 
induced Takurahidas to repair to a gathering at the house of the Majundas. The two brothers stood up and seeing the Takur and falling at his feet, offered him a seat with great respect. There was respect in the assembly. Uh, no, there was present in the assembly a very large number of pandits, brahmanas, and other worthy people. The two brothers, Hiranya and Govardhan, were also very learned persons. All present spoke highly in praise of Thakur Haridas. This met with the hearty approval of the brothers. It was known to all that the Thakur recited the holy name three lakhs of times daily. The pundits accordingly talked about the greatness of the name as Thakur assumed his seat in their midst. Some of the pundits said that the cure of all sinfulness automatically results from uttering the name of Godhead. Others expressed the view, that the, the view that the individual soul, Jiva, is freed from the miseries of this life by uttering the name. Haridas declared that those, that those were not proper fruits of the chanting of the name. Love to the feet of Krishna is aroused by taking of the name. So this portion from the Chaitanya Charitamrita, we, um, we have discussed it earlier in these lectures and uh, and we came to the uh, the point that Chitan, that uh, Haridas explained um, that uh, the chanting of the holy name was like the rising of the sun and that before the sun disks arises above the horizon there's already the light of of the sun in the same way before the name fully manifests, there is the reflection of the name, the Nam Abbas. Then later, the sun would fully rise and the full power of the sun would be present. And in the same way, later, the holy name will fully rise in the form of Sudanam or the pure chanting of the, of the name. And then, in the stage of Nam Abbas, one cannot actually uh, experience Krishna's presence. Uh, in the stage of Namabhas, one is experiencing uh, Krishna still at a distance. Uh, uh, although the influence of Krishna's presence is there, uh, in the stage of Namabhas, one is still in consciousness, very much uh, afflicted by the material nature and very much absorbed by the material nature. It is in the stage of pseudonym that the name or the personality of Krishna comes to the, the foreground. Um, it is said, Nama Chintamani Krishna Chaitanya Rasa Vikraha Purna Sudha Nitya Mukto Abhinatvam Naminami. No, in the Padma Purana. And uh, which means Nama Chintamani Krishna that the name of Krishna is like transcendental touchstone. It is Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha. Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha. Rasa Vigraha means it is the, uh, the form of transcendental mellow. And Chaitanya means it is, it is living, it is alive. It brings life. Just as anandam budivardhanam patipadam purnam ritas vadanam sarvatnasnapadam param vijayate 
Sri Krishna Sankirtanam. Uh, we also uh, are hearing that in the chanting of the holy name, this chanting in the Sikshastakam, that this chanting of the holy name is, is the life of all transcendental knowledge. So the life means it is, it is experienced. Um, here is Krishna, the personification of all Ras and his, uh, and his, uh, and, and that can all be experienced in, in, in the chanting, in Sudanam. But in the uh, Nam Abbas stage, this is, uh, this is not yet experienced. Uh, yes, for, uh, for most, obviously, it will be, uh, if, if, we, if we go statistically, uh, for most, the chanting will be in, uh, in Nam Abbas. Uh, because when Lord Brahma created the material world, he also created the influence of nescience, the influence of forgetfulness. Because the living being in the material world, as is described in Bhagavad Gita, the living being in the material world is, uh, uh, has appeared under the influence of lust and envy. And and then one becomes covered covered by the uh, illusory energy of the Lord. Uh, then the uh, one becomes covered by lust. Uh, these verses uh, from the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita uh, are... Uh, are explaining how the living entity becomes covered. And as a result, covered means that uh, identification, identification with the material energy. It means the consciousness is entering into the material energy. And, uh, and when the consciousness is thoroughly invested in the material energy, then even when we are before uh, the holy name of Krishna, we can actually not experience that holy name uh, in the full in the full sense. So we don't experience uh, Krishna's presence. Uh, if you see uh, then yeah, the famous verse of uh, of Rupa Goswami, uh, which is. Uh, Tunda tanda vinira tim vitanute, tunda vali labdaye, karna kruda kadambini, katayate, karna budebia spriham, chita prangana sangini vijayate, savindrianam kritim, no jane janita, kiet biramritai krisneti varanadva ye. This is uh, the verse from. Uh, Antya Lila 1, Chaitanya Charitamrita Antya Lila 1, text 99. And the translation reads, I do not know how much nectar the two syllables... Oh, what happened now? Sorry. Something went wrong. Um, just a minute. I, ju I jumped from that verse. 
Mm-hmm. Once again, okay. I do not know how much nectar the two syllables Krishna have produced. When the holy name of Krishna is chanted, it appears to dance within the mouth. We then desire many, many mouths. When that name enters the holes of the ears, we desire many millions of ears. And when the holy name dances in the courtyard of the heart, it conquers the activities of the mind, and therefore all the senses become inert. So that state of experiencing Krishna is very, very rare. Um, That state of chanting the holy name in pure love of God. Um, And uh, and that seems to be um, a paradox because when we look at Rupa Goswami's verse, Namo Mahavananyaya Krishna Premapadayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Nam Negoritvisa Namaha uh, then we are hearing that he, that Lord Chaitanya is the most magnanimous. He gives the most exalted to uh, the most fallen. Right? But then, and in this way, Lord Chaitanya's movement is glorified uh, as, the, uh, as the, the most unique and most magnanimous uh, movement in the world. And, uh, and yet it appears that only so few are attaining that which is described as the, as the goal. Prema Pumarta Mahan. That Prem, love of God, is the ultimate goal of human life. So this paradox between Lord Chaitanya being most magnanimous and only few uh, attaining love of God uh, visibly to our, to our eyes seems bewildering and seems to uh, undermine our faith. Um, initially, we, we start with this process with uh, great enthusiasm um, and we are uh, learning and it is... Uh, wonderful. Uh, We're learning wonderful philosophy. We're seeing that, uh, yes, we are not this body. Yes, we are eternal spirit soul. Yes, we are in an eternal relationship of devotional service with the Supreme Lord. And the more we invest in that, um, the more there's a reciprocation. And ultimately, when that matures to a loving exchange, then we are in an ocean of transcendental bliss. And, but because we somehow or other uh, turned away from, from that and began to become involved with the material energy, we are covered by that material energy and there's forgetfulness. The nescience is there. Um, it's created by Lord Brahma and it's very powerful. Uh, very powerful. So um, we see that the majority of us remain influenced by this nescience. And so uh, we are chanting and it doesn't seem to go beyond the stage of Nam Abbas. Uh, 
And Lord Chaitanya himself addresses that in the second verse of the, uh, of the Sikhastakam, where he says, Nam nam kari bahudani chesarva sakti satarpitani yamatis yamatas maranena kala e tadrisi tavakripa bhagavan mamapidu daivam idrisam ihajini nanuraga. Uh, where he explains that, uh, um, oh my Lord, in these holy names, you've invested all your transcendental energies. And there are no hard and fast rules in chanting these names. But I'm so unfortunate that I have no attraction to them. Mm. So, Again, the same thing, covered by nescience, covered by ignorance, and therefore, no attraction, no attraction. And uh, so to get beyond that stage uh, appears to uh, be rarely attained. Then the... Uh, then we see three categories of devotees, the Kanista Adhikari, Madhyam Adhikari, and the Uttama Adhikari. The Kanista Adhikari is the, uh, uh, the devotee who is strongly involved with the material energy and relies on the material energy for his happiness, but has come to the point where he has developed more faith in spiritual life than in material life. Nonetheless, he still has so many um, strong emotional attachments and involvement with the material energy. So, therefore, uh, spiritual life is a struggle and, uh, and it just is characterized by, uh, by f failure and success, um, by moments of falling prey, to enjoying the material energy and moments of picking up spiritual life. And this is described as the stage of bog and tyag, or the stage of uh, wanting to enjoy the material energy and then alternating with the stage of wanting to give up the material energy. So such a person when uh, giving up the material energy because of not being happy in the material energy, ultimately, then takes a renounced position, begins to involve with uh, spiritual activity and starts hankering again for material activities. Then when that person gets involved with material activities, starts again hankering for uh, renouncing the material world. So this is a typical Kanista Adhikari situation. The Madhyam Adhikari is one who is uh, at the edge, at the edge of taste. Um, the Madhyam Adhikari is, is situated in Nista, in firm determination. And as such, he is just on the edge of Ruchi, uh, Ruchi is a state of, uh, of bhakti where taste predominates. Of course, taste is always there because nothing moves without taste. Therefore, even from day one, there are drops of taste. Uh, there is 
there's, uh, and that motivates us. But there's still a lot of material taste in the early stages. But in Ruchi, uh, the taste, the taste uh, for devotional service, the taste for chanting is becoming predominant like this. So that's what we're uh, experiencing. So back to my original paradox, uh, what about it that so few are attaining this, apparently are attaining this Krishna Prem? Is Sri Chaitanya then, Mahaprabhu then fulfilling his promise? Uh, his very name, Viswambar, is he who maintains the entire universe and the meaning in Chaitanya Charitamrita of Viswambar uh, is, uh, I can also quickly uh, read that to you. Oh, sorry, I did Vaishwambar. Get rid of the A. Vishwambar, there we go. All right, let's read a little bit. Thus the lion-like Lord Chaitanya has appeared in Navadvip. He has the shoulders of a lion, the powers of a lion, and the loud voice of a lion. Uh, Chaitanya Simha. Uh, Lord Chaitanya was astrologically also appeared under the Simha Lagna. In his early pastimes, he is known uh, and as, as a lion, may that lion be seated in the core of the heart of every living being. Uh, thus, with his resounding roar, may he drive away one's elephantine vices. Uh, so the, the lion roars very loud. Lord Chaitanya's uh, uh, kirtan is very loud. And may that drive away our elephantine vices or... Our weaknesses as, as, as large as elephants, which are, that means so strong, we cannot overcome them. And that sort of is uh, depicting, uh, depicting the predicament that I described. The Madhim Adhikari who is stuck in so many attachments and trying, the, 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 the Kanista, sorry, the Kanista Adhikari is stuck in so many attachments, struggling like that. And these uh, the, the vices and weaknesses seem to be as strong as elephants. So then, uh, it said, In his early pastimes, he is known as Vishwambar because he floods the world with the nectar of devotion and thus saves the living being. The verbal root, Dubrin, which is the root of the word Vishwambar, indicates nourishing and maintaining. He, Lord Chaitanya, nourishes and maintains the three worlds by distributing love of God. Yeah. I don't know how Dubrin is the root of the word Vishwambar, that, uh, that I can't figure out. Uh, usually you can see it, but in this case, I don't see any connection, but that doesn't matter. 
Uh, we'll take it on the authority of Krishna Daskaviraj Goswami. Who knows? Definitely a lot more about Sanskrit than I do. And here it is. Lord Chaitanya thought, My name is Vishwambar, one who maintains the entire universe. Its meaning will be actualized if I can fill the whole universe with love of God. Thinking in this way, he accepted the duty of a planter and began to grow a garden in Navadvip. So here it is, Lord Chaitanya's mission uh, to fill the whole universe uh, with uh, love of God. And, um, we have seen uh, books written by disillusioned uh, former members of this movement who wrote what went wrong on the way to heaven right in other words uh, why didn't it happen and is that the situation when it says the whole universe filled with love of god and we're looking around we're seeing a universe which is uh, whatever it is is it filled with love of god that is the question. Then uh, some have explained that there is a period uh, which is at the beginning of Lord Chaitanya's movement, which is the, uh, the Sandhya period, the joint period. Uh, and that Sandhya period uh, will carry on uh, for uh, for, for, for many more years. Uh, I'm doing this from memory. I think it was 500 years, but I would have to double check it if it was another number. Um, so the, uh, the Sandhya period then, uh, because if we calculate it very strictly uh, and start to uh, measure it by the millimeter, then the Sandhya period should have ended in 1986 at the 500th anniversary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. If we, however, take that sort of a little bit more general, then uh, we are still in a stage where the movement is gradually, uh, gradually becoming more and more uh, to the surface, or as Bhaktivinoda Thakur said it, and a metaphor I have addressed a few times, uh, the lotus is gradually opening. Um, all right, that could, we could look at it like, like in that way. So the lotus of love of God is, is gradually open, opening. Um, in uh, discussions between Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, and Haridas Thakur, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is expressing anxiety to uh, Haridas Thakur. And he's explaining his anxiety is that there are many living entities who are missing out. The living entities who cannot chant, such as living entities and uh, who are the non-moving living entities in the form of the trees and so on, or other subtle jivas who are not even active. Um, it is explained that the universe is sarva-gaha, 
or pervaded, fully pervaded by living beings. And it is said there are even living beings between the atoms. Some are thinking that atoms are also living beings. Anu is jiva, but then there would be no dead matter, which is uh, which would be a complication in relation to the. Uh, but some are arguing that that no, the non-active jivas are dead matter. But our understanding of sarvagaha is where Prabhupada mentions the living beings are in between the atoms. So it's it leaves as Srila Bhakti Siddhanta points out three things within the universe, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the, the living beings, and matter. And of course, we also find in uh, Baladev Vichabhusan's Bhagavad Gita commentary, five topics are being discussed in the Gita, and these five topics are uh, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the living being, uh, Prakriti, the material energy, uh, karma, uh, and and kala time, uh, so uh, um, so yes, there's time, there's karma, uh, supreme lord, living beings, and matter. Fine. So matter is being uh, identified as such. The living entities are then between the atoms, and there are living beings there who are known as suksma jivas, living beings who are completely covered by ignorance and who are not at all involved in any active way with matter. They're just existing there in an inactive state. So, uh, and they are known as suksma jivas, yes. So it is said that uh, Lord Chitan Haridas is saying, my dear Lord, please don't be in anxiety uh, because the echo of the holy name, which bounces off the trees, uh, that is actually the chanting of, of those living beings. And then, uh, therefore, the entire universe becomes delivered. Um, and then the discussion comes up that simply the whole universe, uh, the whole universe is just going back to Godhead, all living beings. And the same comes up in a discussion with Vasudev Dutta, the whole universe going back to Godhead. Uh, just because Vasudev wanted it, the whole universe going back. Uh, Haridas saying the same thing. So then the question is, uh, it said that, uh, Lord Chaitanya said, yes, yes, then all the living beings are just going back. So was that instantaneously right there and then? And are we just now uh, suksma jivas? Right? Uh, oh, uh, I should explain a little better. When all those living beings go back to Godhead, then what will happen to the universe? The universe will fill up then with the Sukhsma Jivas, who will become active. Yes. All right. And uh, so does that mean that all living beings went back to Godhead and that we are Sukhsma Jivas? Or does it mean that that going back to Godhead of all the living beings is happening now? Um, 
it's very interesting that uh, Srila Prabhupada uh, comes with a whole different focus in this movement than his predecessors. And Prabhupada comes with the concept of back to Godhead, back to Godhead, as instead of saying Prema Pumarta Mohan, the goal of human life is to go back to Godhead, sorry, the goal of human form of life is to attain Krishna Prem, Prabhupada says our objective is to go back to Godhead. And, uh, And particularly in his movement, that is the emphasis, back to Godhead. He even made it his uh, a motto in his magazine, called it Back to Godhead. Um, so how about that? Um, well, and how does that relate to the goal of life for human beings, Krishna praying? Well, there's one thing is for sure, that one cannot be back to Godhead and not have Krishna Prem. Anybody who has gone back to Godhead has Krishna Prem. So in Prabhupada's understanding, it, he says things like, anyone who chants four regulative principles, or anyone who follows four regulative principles, chants 16 rounds, will go back to Godhead. And on many occasions, Prabhupada is saying that such and such would have gone back to Godhead, right? Um, in Jayananda, uh, there were two letters. First, Prabhupada said, well, if he had any, mat- after Jayananda passed away, uh, then Prabhupada's dear disciple, then Prabhupada said, well, if he had any material desire, then he will enjoy for a long time in the heavenly planets and so on. First letter. Second letter about it, Prabhupada had heard that the devotees were there chanting Hare Krishna at his departure. Prabhupada said that if indeed uh, Jayananda was hearing the holy name of the Lord, then he must have gone back to Godhead. Right? So now we see that in Prabhupada's estimation, uh, Jayananda was not necessarily uh, free from all material uh, conditioning when he left his body. Uh, but because he heard the chanting of the holy name, that would have taken him back to Godhead. Okay, so he would have left the material world, entered to the spiritual world, and then somewhere along the way, Krishna Prem must have also been there. He must have attained Krishna Prem. So, because, um, or to say it a little bit more uh, metaphorically, uh, you know, he must have gotten it at the door of the spiritual world. Uh, uh, because in the spiritual world, everyone is fully absorbed in Krishna Prem. So is this what it means, Nama Mahavaninyaya? And is it that everyone is getting Krishna Prem after all? Is it this? Oh, I'm presenting the question to you uh, and, and leave it up to you to... Uh, to decide. Um, because otherwise, the uh, it appears to be very exclusive, very exclusive. Um, 
it appears certainly not like a uh, a movement which is available to society at large. And this is anyway a difficulty. Now, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is uh, teaching um, his uh, his uh, his philosophy in the context of a Vedic society. That uh, Vedic philosophy is summarized in the Bhagavad Gita. And therefore the Bhagavad Gita is, is representing the Vedic culture and the Bhagavad Gita is, uh, is representing uh, general principles of, uh, of, of the Vedic uh, worldview. Uh, uh, it, it establishes that, the, that we are not this body, eternal spirit, soul, we never take birth, we never die, soul is eternal. It establishes how the living beings are in the grip of lust. It establishes that the living being has a relationship with the Supreme Lord. Um, it establishes... Uh, Yes, that the Supreme Lord is the origin of everything. It establishes devotional service to the Supreme Lord as the superior activity. It establishes how the living being can be, is marginal uh, between the spiritual energy and the material energy and how the living being can be either in the spiritual or in the material. So um, the Bhagavad Gita is also just, uh, establishing uh, Varna Ashram, uh, so it gives the foundation of Vedic culture. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement is, uh, is first of all in that setting, uh, the setting of the culture of the Bhagavad Gita and the worldview of the Bhagavad Gita. And then it... Uh, if we, if we look at, uh, at particularly, and the Gita, of course, also gives us a bhakti slant, uh, a focus on Krishna as the, as the goal, which not all Vedic culture does. Only uh, a minority of Vedic culture is focused on Krishna or Vishnu. All right, so when we carry on, but Vishnu is, is very uh, much predominant in the Vedic literature and established as the supreme deity. And uh, therefore, uh, Narayan, uh, Narayan is worshipped as the supreme lord in, in many, many, uh, uh, traditionally in many, many verses and in many scriptures. But... Also, other deities are worshipped in the Vedic culture, and all of that coexists uh, in the last, uh, in, in, uh, yeah, in so many millennia. Mm, in Bhagavatam, uh, which is particularly the book for the, uh, for the devotees of Krishna and for Krishna Bhakti, uh, one enters deeply 
into the relationship with Krishna. And all that is absorbed in Chaitanya's movement. Uh, it's completely uh, the Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita are just building blocks of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. And then uh, additional to that, uh, additional to the Bhagavatam and, uh, and the Bhagavad Gita, we get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. And uh, yeah, and there comes in that, that point about Say Panchatatvamili Pitivyasiya Purva Prema Vandriya Mudruga Diya Pansimini Luta Prem Korya Swadanya Triyatapiya Trishna Badayanuksan Adi seven twenty breaking the uh, lock of the storehouse of love of God, which up to that point had been locked. So Prem was up to that point uh, practically not available. Uh, Bhagavad Gita also says, Manushyanam sahasre su kaschit yatati siddhaye yatatam apisiddhanam kaschin mam petitattvataha. He said, like, um, out of many thousands of men, hardly one knows me in truth, and out of those who know me in truth, uh, only on, hardly one attains perfection. So that means one in a million. Uh, one in a million may attain perfection. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's not many in the world. So, how is this, uh, this a movement uh, for the masses? Then Prabhupada, he extracts from Srimad Bhagavatam, he extracts four regulative principles. Um, Srimad Bhagavatam establishes the four pillars of Adharma. Uh, when Kali enters into the kingdom of uh, Maharaj Pariksit, Kali breaks the legs of the bull Dharma. And by breaking the, and these legs of the bull Dharma, uh, again, in a, in a, in a metaphorical since these legs are the four pillars of religion, which are uh, compassion, mercy, it is uh, cleanliness, uh, austerity, and truthfulness. Right? And you see that three of them are already broken, and uh, only truthfulness is trembling uh, and standing. Not that people are very truthful in this age of Kali, but there is still uh, culturally some, uh, some, some interest in the truth. The truth is still considered to be something, uh, something held in, in uh, formally in high esteem, uh, socially, individually, of course. You know, who can be, can be, uh, who is, truthful in, in speaking, or who is interested in the truth. But as it stands, we still have some interest in the truth. Uh, which means there's still some, uh, some search for the, uh, um, for meaning. Uh, there's still, 
uh, an idea that there is meaning uh, if, if we, and of course there are typical uh, Kali Yuga philosophies like existentialism, which uh, which see everything as as meaningless, right? Absolutely, uh, no meaning to nothing in life. Yeah? Of course, these are atheistic philosophies, and uh, yeah, we see that uh, we were looking at Buddhism the other day, and the same thing in Buddhism. This is like everything is, nothing has any meaning, uh, because uh, there's no goal um, to attain in relation to anything, because ultimately, sunya, nothing, is is really the ultimate state of realization, nirvana. So, therefore, Buddhism has also that element of seeing everything as meaningless. Um, Vaishnavism, rather, uh, is based on on looking for meaning, looking for truth, and uh, and and seeing that everything, everything is is full of meaning. And everything has a purpose. And actually, everything is uh, is related to prem, related to love. Uh, an important point in relation to love of God is to uh, realize that it's not only about the devotees developing this love of God, but it is also uh, it is love for Godhead and love from Godhead. Right? It's in the, in the Christianity, in the world of Christianity, the focus is very much on the love from God towards um, uh, towards the world, and and God's love is just uh, being discussed and being focused on, and and and, uh, and being repeated in slogans like uh, where Jesus is accepted as God and Jesus loves you, type of 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 statements. Uh, in the Vaishnava context, uh, the discussion is more about uh, the devotee developing love for God. Yeah. But obviously, uh, love the love of, of God for the living beings is also uh, discussed and is recognized. Sadhanam ridhya tvaham but it is said that uh, as I'm always in the heart of the devotee, the devotee is always in my heart. Uh, or in other words, as I'm always thinking of the devotee, the devotee is always thinking of me. And in this way, they have... Uh, uh, there is a very intimate uh, relationship between the Lord and his devotee. And that is why it says in bhakti, the Lord becomes purchased. So he also becomes involved with, uh, with his love. And as an, so, in, uh, so the bhakta, the devotee, um, is seeing meaning in this world because... He sees that ultimately behind it is the Supreme Lord. And not only the Supreme Lord as, as a controller, uh, 
not only Isvara Parama Krishna, uh, not only that the supreme controller is Krishna or Maya Jakshena Prakite Suyate Satcharacharam, as Bhagavad Gita says or Brahma Samhita says, that Krishna is the supreme controller. But beyond it, that Krishna as the supreme controller has his supreme purpose. Hmm. And his supreme purpose is driven by love, by his love for all the living beings. That's why one could say, ultimately, this whole material world, it's made of prem. And that is the Uttama Adhikari vision. That is the topmost devotee's vision. He sees everything is made of prem everywhere. Is the all-pervading love of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is simply... Uh, made all these arrangements to uplift the living beings. Sometimes, uh, sometimes by uh, encouraging them in their efforts, and sometimes by frustrating them in their efforts. Uh, but ultimately, it all leads to becoming aware of, of, of love of God. And in love of God, we see uh, the entire loving arrangement. In the um, Rig Veda, there is a verse, it's quoted by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta in, his, in the book uh, Chaitanya's Teachings. And there it is saying, and I'm, I'm saying it again from memory, but we can look up the actual quote. Mm, uh, from uh, that is contained at the beginning of the chapters in that book. There are a few, uh, there's lists of a number of quotes given from that chapter. And uh, in this way, it's very easy to find in the book. So I can do it. In, uh, but uh, there it's, and maybe I should just do it. Why not? Because I have the book on the shelf behind me. And. This is not an official lecture anyway. Uh, where is the book on the shelf? Uh, Krishna Chaitanya's teachings. Oh, here. Yeah. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay, I found the book. Um, it comes with many covers, and this is uh, a later edition. Uh, that doesn't mean that I will find the quote, <laughs> but I have to quickly look. It's not the first chapter. Nice quotes, though. I mean, I'll read you the other quotes as well, just since we're here now. The quote I'm looking for, and which I'm going to tell you, which is in context of my talk, is uh, that let me look, or let the world look upon me with loving eyes, and let me look with loving eyes upon the world from the Rig Veda. And I'm, I'll find that in a moment. Meanwhile, uh, we'll just read a few uh, of the other excerpts that are given. If the sadhu turns into my flatterer, then he does 
does me harm. He becomes my enemy. If he gives us flattery, then we are led to the road that brings enjoyment, but no real well-being. Yeah, because of the nescience in this world. Uh, the the sadhu, for now, is dealing with the majority of people who are in nescience. Therefore, although he is a loving personality, the, the sadhu turns into one who is cutting. And therefore, sadhu means he who cuts. Uh, no one can be the teacher of the truth except the devotee of God. Uh, yes, and, and therefore we can see, uh, since the leg of truth is still standing, uh, people can still hear about the truth. It will not do if curd is called milk. Curd is no doubt derived from milk as its source, but the spoiled milk is never curd. Okay. Uh, we're speaking about transformation, uh, transformation of energy. That is Vaishna philosophy. Uh, Sankaracharya is saying that everything is Brahman, Sarvakalavidam Brahma. Everything is Brahman. So in this world, whatever we see is the spiritual energy. And if it looks that it has transformed into so many forms, that can only be illusion because Brahman satyahe, as he says, Brahman is, Brahman is. It has the quality of sat, the quality of existing. So because Brahman always exists, therefore sat, therefore it cannot be anything else than what it is. And if we see that it is something else, then that must be illusion, says Sankaracharya. Uh, but the Vaishnavas are saying, no, it is not that Brahman is the spiritual reality. Brahman is the energy. It is the jyoti. It is the light, the effulgence, like the aura of the Supreme Lord. And that white light, that spiritual energy, yes, is the foundation of existence, but because it is the energy, it can actually uh, change and produce byproducts. Shakti Parinamavat. Therefore, we say, the Vaishnavas say, anything in this world is not illusion, it is real, but it is temporary. Um, Transcendental knowledge stands on sumati, or the good disposition. Oh, Vishnu, we shall serve sumati by simply uttering thy name. May all of us gain this good disposition. Uh, well, so sumati is good disposition. The other day we were speaking about Buddhism and about uh, right action, right concentration, and so on. And same thing, sumati, sumati. So yes, the foundation is good disposition. Uh, and well, good disposition ultimately means devotional service, not Buddhism. Uh, that is just mundane, uh, but that is mundane morality as a good foundation. 
and then they have their meditation as a process of transcendence. But that, uh, that meditation leads to negation. So ultimately, it misses out. It, it is a state of becoming free from material entanglement, but it is missing out on actual transcendence, which is Krishna. And it misses out on rasa, uh, on, on the uh, loving exchange. No praying. In the present controversial age, Kali Yuga, the Supreme Lord Hari, is worshipped by the holy by his holy name alone. Okay. When the pure spiritual existence experience is excited by means of cognition and service, bhakti, super excellent, unalloyed devotion, characterized by love for God, it is awakened to its Krishna, the beloved of all souls. Yeah, so here we get another promise that that Krishna Prem uh, will develop uh, in all. And, and how will it be? Will it be that this movement will just gain more and more momentum, so to speak, and that uh, the potency of individual devotees will become stronger and stronger? Uh, when we look at it in a practical way, then we see that it apparently came in waves. We see like uh, at the time of Lord Chaitanya, there was a wave of Lord Chaitanya with very powerful uh, personalities. Then we see it, uh, and that drags on for, uh, for a while, a few hundred years, and then it takes a dip, and, uh, and, and there's a lot of deviation and, and, and uh, a lot of watering down of the process and misinterpretation in Bengal of Chaitanya's teachings and so on. And then we get a revival in, in the, uh, and then we see Bhakti Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta, and, and our Srila Prabhupada is three personalities who basically uh, appear in the, in the 19th century and are active in the 19th and the 20th century and are just uh, incredible spiritual powerhouses. And and uh, and then and then we're we're back to uh, uh, in a way to uh, to uh, struggle. Then we're back in a way to trying to to get there, but uh, not yet uh, being all the full embodiment of love of God. Uh -huh. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm just uh, keep on looking for uh, that particular quote because I've quoted this too many times from memory and I haven't looked at it for a long time and it could, my memory is guilty of Chinese whispering right, that over time my memories, and especially because I lecture all the time, I do the Chinese whisper to myself. Yeah, is that I speak uh, and then I, I cite something from memory and then uh, I, uh, I find it after a few years and then it looks a little different than how it was. So therefore, 
It's important that uh, yeah. it's just it's a Chinese whisper effect, but between me and my mind, <laughs> because I hear myself say it, yeah? and it solidifies in that way. And over a period of time, I can swear that that's what it is. And then I read something a few years later, and I go, oh, well, um, hmm. So it's good to every once in a while actually verify the fact. So today we're going to do that, and I'm not stopping until I found it, and I hope I will find it now. Not yet. No. Okay, keep on looking. It's a lot of quotes, actually. <laughs> Maybe I should one day dedicate a lecture to it. Hare Krishna. Definitely going to. Um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give that talk based on these quotes because I like this book very much of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta's Sri Chaitanya's teachings. It is a book uh, which is is. Uh, um, I don't know if he wrote it in that way as as a book. Rather, it. Uh, it brings together various uh, various uh, things, but uh, well, this is is from the Yayur Veda. See, I have been saying Rig Veda for a long time, but it is the Yayur Veda. There we go, and it says, "With friendly eyes, let all God's creation look on me." Similarly. Friendly looks, let me bestow on all living beings. Let us all look on one another with friendly eyes. So I did pretty good with my memory this time because I just translated friendly with loving eyes, which is, uh, is the same. And, uh, and I like that a little better as a, as a translation. Um, I'm going to, the, the, the Sanskrit is written in Devanagari, and I can only decipher that. I can't read it so fast. I would really have to sit there and slowly look at each letter and figure it out. So uh, I'm going to work on that Sanskrit and, and get it. Um, I'll get that Sanskrit and, uh, and get it to you. Um, so I've just come to the end now, and that is very, uh, very nice for today, because my lunch has also arrived, and therefore I'm enthusiastic to end this lecture now. But I'll be back tomorrow. Hare Krishna. Mm.